Nahum chapter 2 and verse 3. The shield of his mighty men is made red. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. And the fir trees shall be terribly shaken. Now shall we pray. Father, help us to rightly divide your word this morning. Help us to speak the truth in love, but not, nevertheless not to water down the truth, but speak it as it is to men as they are. I pray that you'd move in a special way this day in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. This verse in front of us tells us four different things uh, about the same narrative, really. He says, uh, uh, first, we'll see the shield of the mighty men. And secondly, we're looking at the valiant men's uh, apparel. And then the chariots, they seem to be flaming torches. That's the third thing. And the fir trees are terribly shaken, which is the fourth. Now, it's all about Nineveh is about to be destroyed. But what do we make of this uh, verse here in the context of the book? It, it seems to speak of Nineveh presently, and yet it seems to jump the years of time to the tribulation. And, and what's going to happen on this earth that's still ahead of us. One of the harder things, especially as one reads the Old Testament prophets, is to see the prophecies and how they apply to that day in which they were written, and yet they seem to jump the years of time, whether it be into the tribulation or into the millennium. It just seems to, those things are there, and, and you've got to be able to see it. Uh, many have written books on, on the book of Daniel as well as on the book of Revelation. But when you look at the book of Nahum, they don't write a whole lot of books on it which if I was an author, I probably would because it's a lot shorter book. Uh, but our task is to see the past and the effect of it on them and then its present application for today and then its future fulfillment. So as we look into our text, we see the shield of the mighty man. Now, a shield would have a metallic look as it was prepared for the day of war. And it would uh, be something that people would know when they saw that shield, and the sun shining off of it, that this was something for war. That there's no doubt about it. They were coming with a purpose. But this is painted red, it seems. In the shield of the mighty man, we're seeing an army that's approaching. Back when we were studying the book of Joel, chapter, uh, chapter 2, uh, the, the locusts come in and they destroy everything in the land there in Israel. They, they eat all the green things. They, I mean, if it's there to be, uh, that, that grows its crops and all that, they, they take care of it all. The trees, the, the crops, the grass, everything. I mean, it looks like a desert from what the, just what the locusts do. But what was interesting is that God called the locusts his army. And he was chastening Israel, hoping to bring them to repentance. And, and I find that very interesting that when we read something like that, it seems God tries to warn a nation before he judges the nation. Just as the word of God is filled with many warnings of hell and of judgment to come. I find it interesting when we had the 
hurricanes as Katrina and those, those big ones that did such devastation. When we had the twin towers that came down and, and preachers would say, is God warning us? Boy, media and other religious people, just they just got upset. You shouldn't say that. And boy, they really put them out. And a lot of them, just like little dogs, put the tail between their leg and went the other direction and didn't say anything else. But, really, God warns nations usually before he destroys them. Before he judges them. And so it's always important that you understand that. But, you know, the Lord also judges, uh, tells, warns of hell. For the unsaved person, there is a hell. One second after death, it's too late to say, it's, it's, I, I've changed my mind. One second after death, you're in eternity. The Bible warns of a judgment seat of Christ. Some saved people are going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, ashamed in front of all those that are gathered together there. The angels, the saints of uh, ages past, the saints that are there then, they're going to have shame. The Bible tells us that. Others will be confident and will hear before all of those witnesses, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful in a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. So it's very wise for us to take heed to the word of God. Now, the mighty man seems to be more of the top soldiers of the army. Uh, you know, we have special units. You have Navy SEALs and other special units. And, and they're able to work against the odds and get things accomplished. Their shield is also red with blood. Now, we see a like judgment in Revelation chapter 9. And so if you'll go there now, Revelation chapter 9, we're going to come back to Nahum, but I just want to point out a couple things here. In, in Revelation chapter 9, beginning with verse 16. And there it says, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand, and I heard the number of them. Now 200,000 thousand is 200 million people. 200 million well-trained soldiers, okay? So he says, uh, I heard the number of them. They were 200,000. And they are made up by the kings of the east. Basically, they're marching through what we call the 1040 window today where uh, the great majority of the world population now lives is in that 1040 window. As a matter of fact, uh, we, you don't have to turn to there, but I'll just read this one verse to you before I come back into Revelation 9. But in Revelation 16, 12, it says, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that, it, uh, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And so, whereas in Revelation 16, it's expanding what is beginning here in Revelation chapter 9 of these armies, the kings of the east are gathered together. Who are they? Most of us will think China. They, they say they could put an army of about 200 million. So could India just about. I mean, they have that many people. I don't think they have that kind of an army. But it says kings of the East, plural. So they're united, and they're marching through this area that we call the 1040 window. And it goes on and says uh, in verse 17, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of Jason and brimstone. 
Those are hard metals. And the heads of the horses were as. Now, here's something important when you're studying the Bible. When you see the words were as, as, likened unto, that means whatever you're reading about is symbolic. Okay? So, he's not saying that they were heads of lions. It said, it's saying they were as a head of a lion. Okay, that's what he's saying. For an example, when it says the Holy Spirit of God, when, when John baptized Jesus in the River Jordan, descended upon him as a dove, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit was a dove. Didn't even mean he became a dove. He descended upon him as a dove with that grace. And so, again, he says there, continuing in verse 17, were as the heads of lions... Well, what happens when the lion roars? Everybody takes notice. There was the head of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And so in the symbolism, it's using the, the, the fear of a lion, the metal there. Well, we think of modern-day weaponry, don't we? Fire comes out in the powerful weapons that they have of this day. And so he says, uh, fire, smoke, and brimstone, and by these were the third part of men killed by the fire and the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. One-third of men. Now, we have over seven billion on this earth today. As a matter of fact, many uh, want to think that we're probably around eight billion people, and it may be that. I'd hate to be the one that has to count all the heads, but we, we, we've got a lot of people. Now, let's just imagine six billion. Just six billion. So, so we're, we're, we're taking off 25% of that from eight billion to six billion, taking off 25% of it. Okay, one third of men would be two billion people that are killed in that last three and a half years. In the 1040 window. That's why we try to get Bibles in there and translated into their language right from the Texas Receptus and Masoretic text so that they get the right thing. And that's why we support people like Worldview uh, that Brother Dan Olashay works with and others that we support them. We're trying to get the Bible in there where feet can't get in so that they might have the Word of God because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And if we can get that in their hands, maybe some of them can be saved before the rapture and not have to go through that. So it's very important. That's why we have a heart for it. And he goes on in verse 19, For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads. And with them they do hurt. Now remember, they are mighty men. They are Satan-empowered men. But verse 20 says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of their works, of their hands, that they should not worship the devils, the idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Let me stop there for a minute before I read the last verse. The thing about idols, even if you make a crucifix, you've got to handle it. You've got to move it. That Bible said, the Lord said, don't make an image of anything even in heaven. Uh, is God in heaven? 
So don't make an image of what you think is God because it'll always come short. That's why we don't use crucifixes. But nonetheless, anything that you make is from your imagination, is from your mind, is not from God's. See, God created us. We don't create God. So as a result, anything made of man's hands is, is something that's going to fail. Now, today, it's not the same type of imagery. Don't we have computers that do a lot? I mean, computers do a lot of things. Sometimes they make me very angry what they do on my computer when I'm working on it. But they're able to do a lot of things with computers. And yet they're the creation of man's hands. And if man doesn't program, man doesn't do things, there's things those computers can't do. Computers still need men. God doesn't need us. God loves us. Okay. And God will use us. So I have a God that created me. We don't need to worship those things and let those things become the objects of our lives. Okay, now let's look at verse 21. Neither repented they of their murders. Now, more recently we speak of abortion in, in America. Uh, 50 some odd million human beings have been put to death through abortion. But hey, we've got gangs, we've got things, we've got murder going on, we, we hear of it every day. And, and, and so that's worldwide. Whether it's terrorism, whether it's gangs, or what have you, there is murder going on. You, you, you kill a policeman, they, they give themselves high fives, and, and then on the other hand, you, you, you kill a baby, they give themselves high fives. What's wrong with this world? Sin. Sin is wrong with this world. But murders, but it doesn't stop at murders. And of their sorcery, sorceries is from the Greek word pharmakeia, which we get our word pharmacy. It has the idea of drugs associated with the black magic. That's why you see the, the devil worship. And, and by the way, now I'm going to make some people mad at me. That's not, my, that's not my purpose. That is not my purpose. I'm going to make some people mad at me. But this is a truth if you'll just do the investigation yourself and find it out. With the increase of drugs and things like this. Now, I know what the Old Testament says, and people say, well, that's Old Testament. But we see this coming back today. You people with the grayer heads, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Remember the guy that got a tattoo, what was he? Low. Dregs of society. Why is it accepted today? I mean, some of the nicest people I, do, I meet with them, and man, they'll have a whole arm up and down. They just paid $1,000 to have that done. I think, man, are you crazy? If you had that much money to give away, I could have talked to you. But... They, they do those things. You wonder, what's going on? I think it's the society has been influenced by black magic and drugs. And I think that you've seen the increase of that. Now, just check it out. Just check it out. And I see that's uh, one of the problems. But it doesn't stop there. They're sorcerers, nor they're fornications. Fornication is an interesting Greek word because it uses the Greek word pornea, which could be pornography, but it also of sexual sin of any kind. 
whether it's homosexuality, bestiality, whether it's adultery, whether it's premarital sex, extramarital sex, whatever, it is a sexual sin of any kind. And then of their thefts. Someone said, watch out, Congress is in section. <laughs> okay. And uh, of their thefts. But nonetheless, stealing thievery, I can remember working in a store where we marked up items. If it sold for a dollar, we sold it for a dollar ten and more. And the reason for that, we called it coverage costs. There was so much stealing going on that you put money in to cover all the stealing that was going on. Now, sometimes you'd catch them, they'd turn them loose. Give them the police, please take them, they'd be loose, and then they'd be back in the store the next day. But that's the way it was, and that's the way it is. And that's what the Bible says of these last days. Now, after saying all these things that are in the Bible, it's not unusual for me to get comments from listeners uh, that will say you should not preach against those things. You're going to offend people. Look, without repentance, people will burn in hell, and there are simply too many preachers that will have cowered and will not preach against it because they're afraid they're going to lose their numbers. Right. Now, in a day like today, especially in a day like today, which society calls all these things that I just mentioned were good. I mean, society calls a lot of these things good. Abortion and all that. Homosexuality, a homosexual man. calls it good. Isaiah 5.20 spoke of these days. said they'll call the good evil. Hey, you can't preach against that sin. That's evil. And they'll call evil good. Go ahead and kill those kids. And that's just the day in which we live. You see, this is an army that's ever moving forward. In that day, they were headed towards Nineveh. But the text is now jumping the years of time. So we go back to Nahum chapter 2 and verse 3. It's jumping the years of time. And you see much of the tribulation hour when this army is now headed to Israel. You see, back then armies were headed towards Israel. Nineveh, but what could they do? The armies of that day have great weapons of the tribulation, and there's much they can do. And you can see the reaction recently uh, of what things are going on today. See the Gaza attacks when they attack Israel. What does the United Nations say? It's terrible. We need to condemn Israel for their protecting themselves. And, and the terrorists go unrebuked by them. Now, if there's a liberal listen, take, take three deep breaths. Truth is good oxygen. The second thing we see is that the valiant men are in scarlet. The mighty men's shields are of red, but these are valiant men dressed in scarlet. 
I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 where it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Do we not think of the scarlet sin that so permeates our society today? Folks, you can't sell a sack of dog food without a half-naked woman on it. Uh, we live in a day today where you have young and middle-aged wives, sometimes older wives, that'll do things for men who are not their husbands because they're trying to get into a higher standard of living, and they would leave their husbands in a heartbeat to do that. There are men that will do the same things looking at other women to get a higher ego for their life. And the problem is this. Women who are like that never know what it is to love, and men that are like that know, know not what it is to love. Young ladies, let me tell you something. Young wives, let me tell you something about this. When you're like that, those men will treat you as they would silly women trying to make you think you, they love you and they will use you. Young ladies, turn to Jesus and do God's will, God's way. Young men, you watch that girl. If she can't be submissive, if she's always running down her parents, she's not going to be any good for you either. She's not going to be any good for you. So get that right. But oh, the difference we see between that blood of man, that red and that crimson of men, and the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from sin. It cleanses from the red light districts of the minds and of entertainment and filthy minds and, and, and broken marital vows. And the scarlet blood from the tiny bodies of babies, they want to call them fetus. They want to call them masses of tissue. Even though they have a beating heart and within that little body, an actual, from the very moment of conception, an actual living human spirit. Not because I say so, but because the Bible says, in evil, my mother did conceive me. Now, you either got to call God an out-and-out -out liar, or you got to say God is right on that. There's no in-between. By the way, just a little wise information, it's not wise to call God a liar. This is society and world that gets more depraved and, and, and more sinful every day. The people walk in naked in apparel. We see armies here for Satan are dressed to the hilt in battle array. What are they ready to do in Satan's army? They're ready to attack the snow-white purity of all men, be it children in education, young adults who are in colleges, who are unable to contradict the minds of uh, perverted professors. The holy purity of churches, taken down to the gutter of rock and roll in the churches, 
and then giving them perverted Bibles pushed by perverted professors of so-called Christian colleges as they seek to, pre, to reclothe, you might say, the churches with these things. And yet you get those perverted Bibles, you're not going to have the counsel that's going to take you through the hard times of life. You're not going to have the counsel that you need, the wisdom you need for the hard times that you have in life. That's the red of man, that's the crimson, that's the contrast. But the red-blooded Jesus Christ, the crimson flow, the flow from his side, closes in the wool of the Lamb of God, and he covers our very inner being, and the, we are safe forevermore. Oh, the valiant men of Satan are the men who sneak in unawares, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness as Jude 4 so accurately predicted predicted of these last days and we see that very prophecy being fulfilled in churches across the world let alone our country and although we read in 1 Corinthians 6 9 and 10 where he says know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived neither fornicators that's sexual sin of any kind nor idolaters we've already covered that nor adulterers cheating in marriage, nor effeminate, that's the homosexual, nor, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that's the sexually perverted in so many things, Not, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, the revelers are the social drinking partying crowd, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Those are sins in the life of an individual, and they destroy, but there is a cure. He said in verse 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Where sin abounded, the Bible says, grace does much more abound. My friend, there is life-giving power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is sin-cleansing power in the blood of Jesus Christ. The red and the scarlet of Satan is death. For the wages of sin is death, final, complete separation forever from God in the lake of fire. But the blood of Jesus, oh my goodness, the scarlet blood of Jesus washes. That is, he cleanses us from all sin. It sanctifies. You know, we just read a terrible list of sin. He not only cleanses of that, he sanctifies. He sets apart for sacred use. He can take a person that was like that and use them for sacred things. Wow, but they have to be washed in the blood. He sanctifies them. Sets them apart. And then he justifies them by putting them in Jesus Christ. And they stand before the holy judge of the universe. They are accepted in Christ Jesus because he is the propitiation for this uh, sins of the world for the whole world, First John 2, 2 says. So my sin debt has been paid in its entirety in him. Therefore, I'm justified in Jesus Christ. Everlasting life. Quite the opposite of the red and the crimson of the world and of man and of the devil. Which brings Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death. But the gift. Of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, 
our Lord. The world doesn't want us to name these sins, as I've already said, like we just named here, that were in Corinth. But you know what? Those people in Corinth had to hear it. Do you know that why they hated Jesus? Jesus said why they hated him. John 7, 7. I testify of their works, plural. He named them. I testify of their works, they are evil, therefore they hate me, he said. The positive only preaching was not created in the word of God, it was created in hell. If you preach against sin, it's very positive because it leads souls to the Savior. They can repent and they can be saved. Well, we can preach against sin, but if we don't have a way of salvation, then what's the use? But we do have a way of salvation. And that's in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Saved from sin's penalty. Saved even from the power of those sins over you. Oh, all you have to do is come to him, believing what he did for you, and ready for him to remove the sin from you. And you can be saved. The world is still trying to silence Bible preaching. They want people arrested that would preach against the sodomites of today, of the drinking today, of the immorality today. They think it's too negative. And there are many that call themselves Christians that are saying the same thing. Why is that? Jesus gave the answer. These are the very words of Jesus. Listen to them in John chapter 3, verses 19 and, and, and 20. He says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's why they don't want us to preach these things. And so he says, And everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. He doesn't want his deeds reproved. So you have the flaming torches of the chariots and the fir trees shaken. In that day, they could do nothing to penetrate the walls of Nineveh. So God sent a flood, flood of waters. Then those chariots came in with torches and arrows. And with much fire, they leveled everything. The fir trees were too weak to be a help. They were destroyed. And there was no help for Nineveh. And my friend, that's the same thing for the person that dies without the Lord Jesus Christ. One second after death, it is too, too late. They passed up. There have been warnings from Nineveh over the years, but they passed them up. But the same thing happens to this person that hears the word of God, hears about salvation, hears about as a Christian dedicated living, and they won't do it. My friend, let me tell you something. Proverbs 29.1 is written to you. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. That proverb became true for Nineveh. And it will be true for every person who dies without Jesus Christ. Are you prepared to meet God? Are you ready for the final call of God? As a Christian, are you ready? Or will you be ashamed at his appearing? Just as a human being, do you know if you died today that heaven's your home? 
Are you prepared to meet God? God's final call for you could be today. Let's bow our heads.